In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about undertaking a property development with another party. And one of the questions that I get asked is whether I can use my self-managed super fund or whether the other party can use their self-managed super fund or whether both of us can use our self-managed super funds together in order to undertake a development activity. Now, there are ways of structuring that particular transaction and ordinarily we are looking at what is called an unrelated unit trust. So we have a trust at the top level, it's a unit trust, a fixed unit trust, and that trust will be purchasing the asset and generally undertaking the property development activities. Now, we then have unit holders who hold units in that unit trust. And one of the issues that frequently come up is the fact that the unit trust will generally need to undertake some form of borrowing. And once we do that, the issue that we have with having self-managed super funds as the unit holders is that unless it is an unrelated unit trust, then that trust will not be able to undertake any borrowings. So what is an unrelated unit trust? Well, basically, it's an arrangement where a self-managed super fund holds no more than 50% of an interest in that unit trust. Um, And so in that example that we were just sort of talking about, you could have one party that has their self-managed super fund holding 50% of the units and the other self-managed super fund holding 50% of the units. Now, it's extremely important that those two self-managed super funds are not related, and we won't go into the concept of what is a related party, but you certainly if there were family members, and I was recently asked that question, whether a son could hold um, 10% of the units and the super fund would hold 50%, and the answer is no, because it would you know, be prevented under the rules. So that's generally a way of structuring an acquisition where you're looking at undertaking property development and having self-managed super funds involved. Now, one of the things that's actually really important and something that's forgotten, I guess, in many cases is the concept of control. So many people look at the unit trust deed and the lawyers that they're using to set up the unit trust deeds, they're ensuring that the unit trust deed uh, doesn't provide control to one of the, or more of the unit holders. So they sort of get things right on that level. But sometimes something that's frequently forgotten is the company constitution. And that is the company constitution, generally of the corporate trustee of the unit trust. And that's very important that the company constitution doesn't give control to one party. So in many constitutions, you could have a situation where, um, you know, the chairperson might have a deciding vote And so you could end up in a situation where, by virtue of the company constitution of the unit trust, that you actually have 
the ability to control that unit trust. And so that can create some problems. Uh, certainly the lawyers that we've been using are quite on top of that. And so we have a non-controlled corporate trustee and a non-controlled unit trust. And then those units are held uh, in proportion up to the limits that are allowed in order to hold the units. And then that unit trust can undertake the borrowing. That unit trust can undertake the development activities. And then once the development is sold, obviously the profits will go down to the self-managed super funds and they will pay tax at their level. So just a, uh, a way, I guess, I've frequently asked whether super funds can be involved. And that's a very common way now of undertaking property development and having self-managed super funds involved. I'll give a caveat with it all that it's a very complex area of the law. If you get it wrong, the penalties are severe. You could end up in a situation where you have a non-complying superannuation fund and you would effectively lose half the value of the assets. Um, so getting it right is important. There's a lot of little things that need to be done. Uh, sometimes I've seen things that have been done which probably shouldn't have been done, and you know sometimes that needs to be rectified. Sometimes it can't be rectified, um, and you're in that terrible position where you may need to, in fact, divest of that particular asset. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. A lot of uh, little traps there for the unwary, but it's also becoming something that's very commonly asked now these days. All right, hope you enjoyed. Talk to you soon.